I don't want to pay my debt. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I know I owe it. I know I owe $7,500. Is there a way to get out of paying? Yes. I was born in Houston, Texas. I was raised in a small country town called Dacus, Texas. And I went to school in Montgomery. So if you blink, it's one of them small towns. If you blink, you'll miss it. It may be bigger now. But anyway, um, I, uh, I dropped out of high school uh, in like the 10th grade. I was a special ed student, um, didn't learn how to read till I was in the third grade. And so I had some teachers that worked with me and that were awesome. And I think they ought to make a million bucks a year. They're awesome for what they do. And uh, so make a long story short, uh, but once I started learning how to read, it opened up, my, you know, so many worlds for me. So I got into magic and uh, previous to getting in collections, uh, I had been in the mortgage business, uh, you know, in real estate, and I had a, a magic act in Las Vegas. And when I got out of how, real estate, how old were you? How old were you when you had a magic act? Oh man, I was like in my thirties. I think I was like thirty-six. I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it was. I was in Las Vegas for about six months, and uh, it was kind of a close-up magic act. And it was actually a business that made money for us because what we would do is uh, we had a product called Delight. And if you go on YouTube and put in Rocco's Delight from anywhere, you'll find it. And we'd pull a red light out of our nose and our ears and stuff. And then people are like, oh, that's really cool. How do you do that? Well, 20 bucks, I'll show you. Then we'd sell them a bunch of magic. And so that was based on a, a concept that a lot of magicians have been using for many years called back of, back of the room products. And after they do the magic show, you want to be like that magician. So you, you buy their little magic tricks that they have. So right. and, uh, I was on vacation one time and I was up here visiting my family in Houston, uh, up there in, in, and uh i heard one of my aunts man she was just going into hysterics and she was emotional as it was and i'm like man what is going on here and it was some bill collector and i'm like man who are these people you know what are they attorneys or something you know and so i decided i'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out you know what's going on here and so um i uh after i left las vegas you know i decided to go ahead and just uh, start the bill collecting thing you know and so the magic company, it was kind of ran itself. I had people working it for me and everything. So I didn't have to be there physically all the time. So I was able to go into cover for five years and I worked for some collection agencies and learned their tricks. And then one day I decided to put it into a book and the rest is history, as they say. So how did that start with the, uh, once you got a job doing collections though, you know, how did that how that whole process, you know, what was the, like, what's the entry level? What do they teach you? Oh, initially? Okay. okay. Great questions. What they do is they have you in a training class and they call it FDCPA certification, right? So it can look like they're going by the rules and uh, they train you for about two or three weeks. And then, then they put you on the floor, right? And they start teaching you how to do it. And then uh, after that, I mean, they, uh, it's funny how they're able to operate. A lot of people think you got to have millions of dollars to operate these big collection agencies. You don't. What they do is they train the collection, the collectors. It's like an investment, right? Like, let's say uh, they put me in there and it might take them two or three months to get me up to par to where I'm bringing in enough money to even justify 
my salary or whatever, or they, you know, they might lose money for a while, but I'm a great investment because I'll start bringing in money. And what they do is they have their clients, they'll pay them for like, like say 30 days later. So it's like a Ponzi scheme is really what it is. They're like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. And I had an attorney one time ask me, you know, a collection, uh, FDCPA attorney, say, man, how did they do all that? And I told him, you know, so that's how I got started. And I started learning how to skip trace. Uh, and, and skip tracing is, I mean, I know what it is, but what can you explain yeah. skip tracing? Skip trace is where you go into different databases and uh, that there's one called Microbuilt where you can go in LexisNexis. You can go in and we had their vital information anyway, like social security numbers and everything. So what you do is you put that person's information in and you pull it up in that database. And let's say they did a, a loan or something. Say they, they tried to get a car loan or something like that. Well, it's going to show up their new address, where they're at, their cell phone number, all that information. It's it's amazing what you can what you can find out, you know. Right. All right. So give give me the like, how do you end up in collections? Like and, and I understand. So, you know, let me know if I've got this right. So okay, I go to a car dealership. Obviously, you know, I go to the car dealership. They arrange for me. I mean, obviously, you can go through your credit union or bank or some other right. lender. Let's assume you go to a car dealer. That car dealer says, okay, we're going to arrange for um, Bank of America to give you a loan. Right. And so you get the loan from Bank of America. You make, you know, eight payments and then you get behind. And then, you know, six, you sit, obviously Bank of America sends out some, some collection letters. Hey, you're behind 60 days. Hey, you're behind 90 days. Hey, You've got these fees. We're going to, we're going to take the car. And then one day somebody goes to your house, you walk outside and your car is gone. Right. And then they resell that vehicle. You owe 20,000 on the vehicle, but they resell it for $12,000. You've only made six or eight payments, whatever. So you've paid off less than a thousand dollars. You still owe them 19.5. They've sold it for 12. So you owe them $7,500. Bank of America doesn't have their own collection department. What they do is they end up transferring that to a company that you work for that tries to collect the $7,500. And that's assuming there's no fees stacked on top of that. Let's just stick with $7,500. So you start, you then pull their information. Now, Bank of America has a certain amount of information they can give you, like what was on their application. But let's assume that person's really had a bad time and they've ended up moving. And so it's been six months. And now they've moved, you know, the letter, you send out some letters, you know, they're not responding to the Bank of America letters. Maybe they've got a divorce. They've moved someplace. They changed jobs. Yeah. How do you, and how, and how, so you use this system, one of these systems, you run their information, their basic information, like their social security card, their date of birth, their full name through that system, skip tracing, and it connects all of their applications and information pulled on them to tell you where they're currently living, driving, anything like that, right? Like, hey, this is their new address, we believe. This is their yes. new address. They changed cell phones. Here's their new cell phone. Yeah. Is that, that's basically what you're saying, right? That's scary. Yeah, that's yeah, basically what you're saying because you can, you can, it's called the header part of the, you know, the header part of the credit report that just has their information, like their name, address, date of right. birth, and all that. Right. The primary. You go there. Yeah. And then if you look and say their last known address was 1542 Bayview Drive or something, you know, you've got the right person. And now you have a, you have a number 
And then once you've got that number, you call them and you and the and the goal is to get them to call you back, right? And so um, they said that I was the I had more callbacks than anybody, you know, because I would call, but I would do it in such a way that I wasn't violating any FDCPA laws. I'd say my name is Bill Davis. I'm with Avante USA. Um, you know, I've got some paperwork here on my desk, and your name is in it. Is in it, you know. And I just wanted to give you a call so you can call me back and we can talk and I can figure out your side of the story. Now, if you got a message like that, wouldn't well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't fall for something like that. But right. a debtor, you know, if you if you got somebody calling, hey, this is Bill Davis. I'm with the law office of Smith and Jones or whatever, or Avante USA or whatever. Usually it worked better if you were, you know, actually with a, a law firm, but you weren't with a law firm. It was just the, the lawyer would let you, uh, the attorney would let you use their name or whatever, or they might right. be a partner in the company and it gave you more leverage. But, you know, little vague calls like that, it's like, what's he talking about? Paperwork, you know? Yeah, you hear a law firm and everything. You want to call back like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it gives you more leverage, you know? So I probably got more calls back when I was uh, doing, you know, when I was working for a company that, you know, LTD Financial that was hooked up with a law firm, or uh, I can't remember the name of one of them that I worked for, uh, but it was a it was a law firm. It's it was an actual. It, it's it would say like uh, Jones and Wilson, you know, attorney at law or something like that. I'm calling from the law office of you know, and they're automatically assuming that you're an attorney. You know, you don't even have to uh, you don't even have to misrepresent yourself. Just talk in a legal tone. You know, right? You know, attorneys talk a certain way. Yeah, you show up. You show up at my house in a in a sh t-shirt that says FBI, and you've got a gun on a, a holster and a gun, and you've got a um, you know, you you have a, a windbreaker on, and knock yeah. on my door and open the door and say, "Hey, listen, we need. I need to ask you some questions." I immediately think, "Oh man, this guy's FBI." Like he doesn't have, yeah. have to say it. He's wearing, you know, he's in the costume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Hey, this is Matt Cox. I'm putting out a credit course. I'm going to create this course in order to help you legally build your credit so that you can have as much borrowing capacity as is legally possible. If you're interested in the course, go to the description box, click on the link, put in your email address. You will be sent two letters. These are letters that I've personally used to help get rid of collections on people's credit. And you will also be notified when the course comes out. It's like I'm a magician and illusions are my business. I can make you think anything I want you to think. Right. I So listen, when I was in the halfway house, yeah. I hadn't used my credit in 15 or 16, Matthew Cox's credit in 15 or 16 years. Yeah. So, cause it was what, 13 years of prison, three years on the run. So it was, it was roughly whatever, 15, 16 years. So I actually had pulled my credit. Yeah. And it, within days, I got an email from a law firm saying they were trying to collect for, I want to say American express. Okay. I owed them like 25 grand. Cause before I took off on the run, I ran up all my credit cards cause I knew <laughs> I'm not coming back. So I owed them like 25 grand. And so when you start, when I started reading that letter, I was like, I pulled my credit. It's not on my credit. You know, like I was like, what is this? Like, this should be gone. This is over seven years. I yeah. they can't like, what are they even doing? And I started reading the letter and they were saying, listen, you know, we're, we're a law firm, a collection agency that 
is collecting on behalf of American Express. You owe this much money. And they went on and on and on. I was like, this something, this doesn't make even make sense. And I so I read the letter and read it and I read the it was long. And then they had all these kind of attachments, right? Like these disclaimers. Yeah. The very toward the very end of the letter, it said, although the statute states that we that although the statute states that we cannot forcibly you know collect this we cannot place it on your credit we cannot uh, like it named all the things that we cannot do they said they said but you know you do still owe the money yeah. so if you you know and and so they're just kind of so then it turned into we're collecting for them and you know the, and you owe this money and you, you we need to uh, uh, contact you to arrange a payment a plan or to pay it off or they had all these different ways i could start the process of getting uh of paying it off and then the very end of it they they go ahead and they admit okay well we can't do anything yeah if i didn't realize that if if you just read the first five or six paragraphs in the first initial letter and not yeah. the not the connected you know addendments uh, addendum addendum addendums, addendums jesus the yeah, i know what you're saying um if I hadn't read those and didn't realize something's not right and I hadn't really, really read and read and read, I would have thought for sure, oh my gosh, I'm wrong. They can collect. They're going to yeah. garnish my wages. They're going to do this. They can do this. Like this is, I owe $25,000. They're going to, but I knew, I knew to look for it. So I looked for it and I realized like, wow, these guys are still trying to collect. I mean, if I can jump in here real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, uh I could, a collection agency, if I own the collection agency, I guarantee I could collect that 25000 I could do it one of two ways, okay? Number one, I can take you to court and sue you, even though it's out right. of statute. You don't show up because you're like, well, it's out of statute, so, you know. Then you don't show up, and I get, we get a default judgment against you. And there's collection agencies making a couple million dollars a day. Here's another trick that you may have heard of. Uh, it's called reaging, And so they would take that and run the clock back to where it looked like it was, uh, I, I mean, the clock forward. So let's say the debt was incurred in 2007. It's now 2014. Well, they'll, they'll uh, run it up like it was in 2008 or something like that, 2009 or something. You, right. You know Make I mean? it look like they're still within statute, right? Yeah. And NCO Financial, which is like the gorilla of the of the collection industry i think they collect in fees probably 800 900 million a year yeah just in fees uh they were fined 1.5 million by the government because they were they were implementing that ploy so uh, there's the tricks that they're using and that's why it's like after i got out of collections you know i made a little money in real estate and i said you know i'm just i'm gonna get this book out to as many people as i can because i want them to know i mean there's there's so much generic information out there like, well, after seven years, it'll be off your credit report. Yeah, but what if they re-age it? What are you going to do then? So that's why in the book, it teaches you how to do it like if it's discovery, like if you're taking them to court, you know, and then even when they do take you to court, you make them show proof that you actually owe the debt. Okay, what did I do to incur $25,000 in debt? What products and services did I charge on that card? You know, where's the agreement where I signed? You know, and uh, I had one case for a client where the where the debt collector thought he was so smart and he sent back a, a kind of a lease, you know, on an apartment the client had been at. And 
then we saw the date and we saw that a couple months it's going to be off. And a few months later, it was off. Right. So it's just, you just got to get really down and dirty with them, so to speak, you know, and you got to think like an attorney, you know, if you, when you go to court, you got to, you got to prove things with evidence. Well, you know, debt collectors, they're not above the law and they have to, they have to follow the law. Even the attorneys that are, uh, you know, doing the collections, they're still considered third party debt collectors in certain instances. Just so what's depends. the most they can, what's the most they can do uh, for that for a, you know, whatever, a $7,000 credit card, you owe $7,000 on a credit card. What's the most they can do? Uh, take you to court. And then a lot of folks aren't aware of this, but the attorneys, they bill by the hour. And when their client wins, they get, not only do they get that 7,500, but they also get the attorney's fees. And so at $500,000 an hour, sometimes attorneys charge, but let's say 500 an hour, that could run into a lot of money, you know, and then they can tack on extra fees like interest and things like that. So like, you know, you hadn't paid it in what, 10 years or something. So here's all this interest that's accrued. Right. And they just put it all together. And that's why, that's why the book teaches you to pick all that apart. It's like, all right, it's not what you owe. It's what you they prove you owe, you know? So what is the likelihood that they collect? I mean, let's face it. If they're, they're, they don't expect to get $7,500. Uh, well, most people I mean, just don't pay right when they're after they're in collections, you know, how much, how many of these people are paying? Yeah. Um, they, are you talking about if the attorneys, when they, when they sue them and get a judgment and they don't pay it or they don't pay well, it? No, I'm saying just when you're making these phone calls. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't expect to get the entire 7,500. Uh, you may get the 7,500, but you would work out a payment plan, right? They call them post dates. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. And so what the collector does is he gets his post dates built up. Okay, Matt, I tell you what. I know you don't have 7,500. I'm going to help you out. Here's what we can do. Okay. Uh, we can do $500. How much can you come up with today? Right. I don't know, $500 or $600. Okay. Whatever you can come up with today. Let's you know see if you can come up with at least 500 or whatever. All right. Then what we'll do is work out a payment plan. Okay. And, uh, you know, what kind of payments can you afford? You know, how about 250, 300 a month? You know, you just work it out. Right. And so now, I'm going to have a post-dated check from you for $300. And then we go in the system and I'm, okay, what's your bank account number? What's your banking information? Okay. So in 30 days, we're going to draw up $300 out of your account. Whether you have the money or, or you don't, we're still going to draw it out. Okay. So, um, and then you get, you get enough clients, you know, I used to call them clients, but you get enough uh, debtors paying you money you're bringing in enough money to where you can justify not only your job, which the way the collection works, you know, I've said a little bit, but it ties in what we're, what we're saying. Um, they get paid a salary plus they get paid bonuses, right? So let's say I'm getting $2,500 a month guaranteed salary. Well, I've got to make $10,000 a month. You got to make three to four times your salary. So I've got to make, you know, $7,500 to $10,000 in fees for the company just to justify me being there and anything over that, I'm going to get 20 to 30%. So what you do is you build up your, uh, they call them post dates. You build up your post dates where you've got money coming in all the time. 
And then, and then if they have cash, you work out a good settlement with them. You know, it just depends if that answers your question. Yeah. What are the settlements typically? I mean, typically they're like, oh, you owe $7,500. We want $7,500. And it's like, okay, well, I, I, you know, I don't have that. It's been three years. You're not getting $7,500. I'll work out a payment plan with you for, you know, a couple thousand dollars. What, what is the lowest that they typically will go? It depends on how old the paper is. I mean, if it's three years old, Collection agencies, there's a couple of variables involved. Number one is the age, like you mentioned. So let's say it was three years ago. Well, it could be discounted anywhere from, you know, 20 to 70 to 80 percent. Well, here's what a lot of folks don't know. The bill collector has a certain amount that they can take, right? But let's say that you owe $7,500 and the client says, okay, we'll take $2,500. Well, I'm not going to give you that $2,500 deal, you know? I'm going to, I'm going to try to get you for, okay, here's what I'll do, Matt. I'll do it for 6,000. That's the best, you know, we can do it for 6,000. I just talked to my manager. That's the best we can do. I'm lying. That's not, you know, it's just, it's sales tactics. That's all it is. So you want to talk about con artists and crime. That's the collection industry. So what, how does that usually work? Like, I mean, look, to me, negotiations, the, the, one of the best ways to do a negotiation is drag it out. Waste as much of your time, have you put in as much of your time as possible and drag it out as long as possible? Because the longer you've invested, the more likely that you are to take a deal. So if I, if you said, I said $7,500, we talk about it, we go round and round. I say, let me talk to my wife. Let me think about this. I can't pay $7,500. Um, maybe, maybe I could probably pay a couple grand. You say, no way. Most I can discounted is to 6,000. I go, I can't do that. Let me, let me call you back. Let me think about this. Let me yeah. we get off the phone three days later. I call you back or a week later. I call you back. Like I keep stalling, stalling. Uh, we're assuming that, that, you know, to me, the longer I keep calling back or you call back, you're going to be lowering that $6,000. Correct. It, Right. Cause I'm assuming like, you know, two weeks from now, you're like, Hey, this guy is going to pay. He just can't pay six. Like, look, I can't pay it. I can't pay that much. I, 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 can we do two, you know, and we go back and forth. You know, I can pay payments of $200 a month on 2000 for 10 months. And you come back, let me ask my manager. And then we takes two or three days to get a hold of me. If you drag that, that negotiation out over weeks, most likely your $6,000 comes down to around three, 3,500. Right. Cause I'm saying, look, I want to pay. Yeah. And, and that's the big deal. The big deal is, do we even have somebody who wants to pay? Yeah. You know, I don't have the ability because most people just hang up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So if you have somebody that says, hey, I want to pay. I just cannot pay. You know, I can pay $200 a month. I, I have I can give you $200 right now. I can start paying $200 a month. And and then if you come back and say, can okay, you do $500? And I say, no, there's no way. Let me talk to my wife. Uh I'm not sure. I think we've got another debt being paid off soon. So maybe we can start making that payment to you where I'm trying to get a hold of this thing. I don't want to claim bankruptcy. That kind of scares you guys. Doesn't that kind of scare them when you're like, look, we're talking about claiming bankruptcy. You know, doesn't that kind of you guys go like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I better to get something. He claims bankruptcy. We'll get nothing. So let me talk to my wife. Can you give me give me a couple of days? You keep that dragging out, dragging out. You're, of course, going to keep coming back. So, oh, I talked to my manager. He can take 5000 Yeah. He said we can go to 5000 You haven't talked to anybody. I, I know that. No, I'm so, fine. Yeah, so let's face it. Two, three weeks, I might get it down to 3000 and then I just pay you 300 for the next 10 months. 
Yeah. Does that seem does that seem like a reasonable tactic that someone could take with you? That that is a brilliant tactic. You would make a heck of a. I know you were in real estate. We both were, so we're good at negotiating things, you know. So that's all you're doing. You're negotiating. Now here's another thing. Okay, here I am. It's like the 26th of the month, right? And right. and I want to get this bonus check. And all I need is a couple thousand dollars, right? You know. So okay, I'm gonna take your deal. Right. I was just so, thinking that it also depends on how well you're doing that month. Yeah. Well, it's towards the end of the month when you can usually work the best deal because that's when they're uh, they're they're de determining how much you're going to get in a bonus check. You know, in twenty five hundred a month. No disrespect to anybody, it makes that kind of money, but you know, makes that salary. But twenty five hundred a month is not why the collectors there. They're there to make you know hundred two hundred thousand dollars a year. They're they're there to make five ten thousand dollar bonus checks. Right. You know, and uh, the collectors get excited about that because they have what's known as the shield. And the shield is the guy. He's the pro. He's the top guy. And he's making Tony made twenty thousand dollars last month. You know, right. Something that makes you guys all want to strive for that. Yeah, exactly. Tony exactly. did it. He's an idiot. Yeah. I can do it. Um, yeah. OK, so my other question is that. I don't want to pay my debt. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I know I owe it. I know I owe $7,500. Okay. It's been four. It's been five years. I don't want to pay, bro. Like I, like I, I'm, I, I don't want to pay. So how do you get, is there a way to get out of paying? Yes. Okay. And I know this isn't one. Let, let me say this first. Obviously this isn't 100% every single time. You know, but Not, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying, cause I, I know I've talked to guys and they're, and I'm like, and that's going to work for sure. They're like, well, not for sure. Like, I, you know, but, but 95% of the time it's going to work, you know? Yeah. So, so what is your take on, on, I owe, and let's not legitimately, I owe 7,500 bucks. Like I, I, I ran up the credit card or I, whatever the reason is I owe the debt. Yeah. Well in the book. Okay. You're turning the tables on them. And they're going attorney on you, so to speak. They're in the attorney mode. So you get in that attorney mode. You say, okay, well, I can't remember what all the letters says, but um, it's in the book. But it, it basically says, okay, you say I owe this money. Well, um, send me the documentation showing that I owe you this money. Where's the contract? What did I do to run up $25,000? Where's the contract? Because I don't know you. Yeah, right. You know, and then a lot of times they'll send back a piece of paper and they'll, they'll think that it's bare in, in the credit bureaus will let them do it. They'll type up a piece of paper. Matthew Cox owes us 20, you know, it was my client $25,000 from a debt incurred such and such. And that's all they need to do in the credit bureaus. You know, they, they've got third party countries that they're subbing this stuff out to. They're not experts. They're just, you know, typing it in as fast as they can. And, and the credit bureaus don't care about you, you know, right. and I've sued the credit bureaus before and I've won and the collection agencies. So you just have to do it just like discovery. And when you, when you put their feet to the, you know, put the fire under the feet, you know, so to speak, they're like, well, wait a minute, this guy knows what he's doing. We better just leave him alone, you know? And, oh, you, you, you know, you're an attorney, you, you know, you're with a law firm. What's your bar number? Right. Counselor? You know, I've gotten smart at like that before for clients. I'm like, okay, what's your bar number? Oh, I do sales attorney. 
Yeah, you did. You said you said it. All you say, and you just start scaring them, man. That's a FDCPA violation. You just got to get hard and heavy, you know, with them. You got to, and and with that letter, if they send you a letter that says, okay, uh, you know, Matt, Mr. Cox, you owe five thousand dollars. Here's this letter. You you send them back another letter saying, look, all you sent me was a piece of paper. Anybody can do that. I can type up a piece of paper and say you owe me five thousand, but that doesn't mean anything without the actual proof. Right. So what's your so so let's assume and I, I know what the proof is. The proof is that they they turn around and they say instead of sending you this printout that they were sent by the client, they what yeah. happens if they actually send you the application? They send you the actual contract you did sign. They send you all of those things showing that clearly you they show you a copy of your driver's license. Like this, like yeah. clearly they have proof that you took out this money. Well, I can tell you with my experience, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it's 100%, but nine times out of 10, when you buy, I mean, there's two ways that the collection process works, right? You've got the collectors that are collecting for a client, getting a fee. Then you have what's known as a junk debt buyer that buys these debts for like pennies on the dollar, not, not 10, 20% off like people think. I know I was there. They pay a couple of pennies a name. It's like a it's like a, a mailing list, like you're selling to you know for products and services. Right. And if they if they collect ten to twenty percent of that list, ten to twenty percent of the people pay, you're 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 making a lot of money. So when you the it costs a lot of money when you're buying the debt, right, to put all that documentation together. But if they did, then you might work out a settlement with them or whatever. And then when you do that, you want to go through an attorney. You don't want to do it without, you know, having an attorney. You know, and there's a lot of prepaid legal and there's people, attorneys that will, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever, they'll, they'll type up an agreement or whatever, you know. So, like I said, but that's very rare. And, you know, interesting story. Uh, it was, I believe it was Avante USA. The owner of the company was telling this lady, said, you know, I've got, I'm looking at the contract right now. It's got your signature on it. And he was looking at a computer screen. That's all he was doing. Right. And so nine times out of 10, they don't, they don't have that documentation that they need. It, it's a name. It, it's your name, your basic information and uh, something that's from bank, from bank of America that says you owe this debt, but they're not sending them a full sc scan of every single document you sign. They just don't have it. They have a very one screen write up that says right. John Doe, social security number, this date of birth, this borrowed this much money. Here's what his payments were. Here's what his interest rate is. Here's what he paid in. Here's the payment amounts. He hasn't paid in 120 days yeah. and that's it. Maybe a note. Like that's, that's about all you're getting, right? Right. That's it. Now, one of the things that I learned from the law firm when the attorney was training us, and this has been very valuable and it's in the book, it's called assignment of debt. Even if you have the documentation that shows that I took out this debt, where is the assignment of debt where you have the right to collect this, whether you're getting a fee from Bank of America or you bought it? And if you did buy it, where's that assignment of debt? You know, how much did you pay for it? You know, what were the terms of that? Send me that assignment of debt. And all the time I've been doing this, I've never I've never had a collection agency be, been able to do that. I'm not saying they can't, but it's a lot of hassle. It's a lot of work. Come on. Come on, Matt. I mean, you know, you, you're going to make a $20,000 paycheck next month like Tony. You know, why are you going to go through all this trouble? You know, why not move, just move to the next guy? Yeah, just move to the next sucker, man. Move right. to somebody that you can intimidate, you know. 
So that's what that's what's so powerful about the book. And, and it's not just a book. It's a system. So. Um, so, by the way, you you keep mentioning the book, but you're, you're actually giving you know, it's you're not trying to sell the book. You're actually giving no. the book away for free. No, let's just say that I've been blessed. I've got the life that I want. OK. And um, there, especially after the pandemic, I decided to go ahead and do that. We decided to go ahead and do that. My partners and I, because the thing is that there are so many people that have really bad credit because of what happened during the pandemic. And there's so many businesses out there. Like, for instance, uh, I own a, a, a merchant cash advance company and I do loans. You know, we do loans for uh, businesses and things like that. So I'm more of a business consultant than anything. But if they need a loan, I can get them a loan. And I've seen so many credit scores that are so horrible. And so when I give them the book or show them how to get their credit score back up and running, they get up to the 680s, the 700s that they need so they can get a better interest rate. So, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sell the book anymore, but if you go on amazon.com and it'll say $59. So I'm giving, giving away the book, you know, for free to help folks out. Now I'm not going to lie. I do, you know, when you do, you know, when you use the products and services that we recommend in the, that I recommend in the book, then I do get a little commission, but I, you know, I just can't give away a book for free without right. having some way to support that, you know? Right. So, um, but if you do everything that the book tells you to do, you're, you're gonna, you know, you, you're gonna be successful. And, and I'm kind of greedy in a way because you, you, let's say you're a business owner and you use everything that we teach you in the book and you get up to the 700 credit scores. Well, nine times out of 10, you're going to call me up and say, Hey, Bill, let's, let's go ahead and do this loan. You know, so like when we do, uh, we get clients that want merchant cash advances or regular loans and they, they, they don't qualify. So we're just giving them the book saying, look, you know, I'm sorry, we can't help you, but you know, and, and no broker's going to, nobody's going to be able to help them. So right. why not just take the, take the time, do what you need to do and follow the process. It works. Right. So what you're saying is they may not be a client now, but if they follow that, that process that you've laid out in the book, they may be a client in a year from now. Yeah. And, and like, Another thing is I'm more of a spiritual person than anything. I like to bless others, you know, with 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 what I've been blessed with, if that makes sense. And uh, let's say let's say there's a business owner. He's struggling or whatever. Uh, he gets a copy of that book. He doesn't have ten thousand dollars to pay me for my time, you know, to do all this stuff for him. And so he he goes ahead and does it. He puts in the work. He's committed to it and he gets his credit score up to like 680. So now he he's got so many uh avenues open to him so many opportunities for credit now he can expand right. his business and let's go a step further because it's not just business owners let's say like i came from a divorced family my mother was single you know by herself and had to support five children on her own and her hardest part was getting a car that ran properly you know it was always breaking down it's how used cars are well what if what if i was able to uh get that book to a single mom or something and she was able to get her credit straight where she'd go buy her a decent car. Right. So, so let's, let, let me, let me jump back real quick. Cause we're, we got, okay, we're I didn't mean to get off the subject. No, it's all right. Um, and I actually, I'm the one who got off the subject when I missed That's the okay. book. Just because you mentioned the book. I want to let, let it know. Oh, I'm really, passionate you know, about like, the book. Okay. Um, so my thought process is you, you know, we just went through the, explaining to that they're trying to collect they're at the point where the lawyer's calling they cannot right. provide 
proof that you owe this debt, but that still doesn't take it off your credit. So you're saying it, at some point that that gets to a point where they're like, okay, well, we're not going to sue him because he's asking for all of this information that we can't provide, but it still doesn't take it off your credit. How do you get it off your credit? That's another thing that the letter implies that, you know, hey, 30 days ago, I sent you a letter requesting that you, you know, prove the documentation. I'm just paraphrasing because we don't have a whole lot of time right. here, but it's in the book, you know, and the letter is lined out to a T. Okay. And there was an attorney that approved that letter. There's an attorney that helped me with that letter to tell you the truth, you know, and uh, she would, she would use that letter and, and get her clients off like that. I'm like, how are you doing this? And she said, well, they got to prove this and they got to prove that. And I'm like, wow. So combined with that and what I learned as a collector, and I, I had a powerful tool, you know, to help folks out. And so the way it started was, it's like, folks are like, well, you know, how can I get my credit straight? And I tell them and everything. And then it's like, I don't, I don't have all the time in the world to teach everybody. So I just decided to put it into a book format and put it on amazon.com. You know, you pay 60 bucks, you know, and, and you'll, you'll learn what you need to learn, you know, but um, you put in there that they need to take it off the credit report. Right. Because right. you haven't been able to prove it pursuant to, I think it's 609 of the, of the, Fair Credit Reporting Act, and you, you throw in all these statutes, you know, you know these laws, you know, and your violation of FCCPA, you know, section whatever. If you want to get real technical, but they've seen all that before, and they've got attorneys that look at that stuff, so you don't have to do all that. But I'm just saying. And then if they don't take it off, it's not. It, it shows. It tells you how to do it in the book, uh, but you can take them to court, right? And if they do show up in court, if they don't show up in court they get a default judgment. Now it's been my experience that we sent them a letter. We have the client send them a letter and then the uh, collection agencies, uh, you know, like one attorney called me up and wanted to negotiate. And I said, okay, so you're going to give my client that money that they're out, you know, cause they were, you know, they lost lucrative, but no, we'll just take it off. And uh, I said, what? I said, how dare you? You know, I was like, I said, you know, you, you, you cost my client thousands and thousands of dollars and you think all you got to do is just take it off and that's going to make it better. Just forget it. You know, and hung up the phone. Then I called back and I said, look, I'm sorry about that. I was really you know, disrespectful and unprofessional, but um, okay. Now what's, what's the deal you're offering? And she told me, and she even offered to get what's known as an AUD letter. I think it's automatic uh, universal data or something like that. But what it is is when, when a company agrees to take something off the collection, you know, off the credit report, there's a letter, there's like a, a letter that shows where they sent the request to the credit bureaus to take it off. So if the credit bureaus ever say, well, we, we never, you know, received that. So, I mean, there's the criminals are the collection agents and the credit bureaus. It's a racket. If that answers the question. Semi answered the question. I it, it's still you know you you basically what what I'm hearing is that during the process of asking them for these documents when they can't provide them you then come back and say look you can't provide any of this I don't feel I owe the debt you can't provide show anything that says I do owe it I want I want this taken off and you can of course you can email them that or write them that but yeah. at some point if they do not remove it. Is it possible that you could file a lawsuit against the collection agency to take it off? And and I, I say yeah. this, right. Okay. I say this because I, I know a couple of guys who are, who 
do they they help clean up people's credit okay right so they're you know whatever i forget what you call them you know basically they're uh you know credit um repair, credit guys. repair. yeah yeah so the one guy told me this he said he's he goes i've got a form he is I, I have a basic lawsuit he said it's yeah. like three pages it's nothing he wow. said but it's written well he said and i literally just he said once we get to the point because a lot of what you're saying i've heard he said once you get to the point where they are saying you know you owe the money we're not taking it off your your credit and you've continually said i don't owe the money right you know i i i do not recognize that i owe this money you cannot provide these documents he's what they refuse to take take it off he is they're not moving forward with a lawsuit he said you know because it's it, it's you know, he was saying something like, look, it, it, they have to they have to justify that lawsuit. You know, if the, you, it's got to be 10, 15, 20 thousand dollars for them to file a lawsuit and they have to really yeah. believe they're going to get the money, because if it's for four thousand dollars, they're not filing a lawsuit. No. So what he said, I do, if I get to that point where they're not taking it off my client's credit, he ha already has a pre-prepared lawsuit. He said, and I literally just plug the information, the basic information in on my client. And yeah. I, he said, first I send it to the collection company saying, okay. if I don't hear from you and this isn't removed within 10 days, you know, I'm filing this in court in the, in the state, which wherever their, you know, their corporation is registered. Right. So right. if they're out of, you know, Delaware or they're out of, you know, Florida or wherever it is, he's like, then I'm filing in, in state court. Um, and I remember, you know, and he does that because he said one it's going to cause them a problem because even if they try and get it transferred to another jurisdiction or federal court, it's going to cost them money immediately. They're going to drop it. So, okay. and the reason is he said, you know, like almost every single state in the United States, he said, does not, they do not have a filing fee. Yeah. So he's like, state of Florida does not have a filing fee for, if you, for you to file a, a, a lawsuit. Now, federal court, it's like 500 bucks. Right. So I don't file a federal lawsuit. I send right. them a state lawsuit for whatever state they're in against their, against the collection company, you know, and their, their client. And he says, which I've just plugged in, boom, 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 boom. He said, I send it to the collection agency and say, look, if this isn't off my credit within the next 10 days, I'm filing this. He said, mm -hmm. typically, he said, almost always you get something. He is, or you file it. Yeah. And now it's difficult when people don't, you know, people think, oh, I can't file a lawsuit. I can't this. It's difficult the first time to file a lawsuit. It's a scary process, right? You don't understand it. You don't get it. You don't, yeah. you know, which is kind of like, it's, it's kind of like filing the Freedom of Information Act. People think, oh my God, it's so complicated. It's not complicated. Right. You can write a lawsuit or a request for the Freedom of Information Act in green crayon. Hi, my name is, you know, and, and file it and they yeah. will act. They will act like you, like a lawyer filed it. They will respond. We received your lawsuit um, that states this. Uh, we've got the motion. You're filing against this party. We get, and they will respond. Now yeah. you have to serve them, of course. Yeah. You know, but other than that, which costs money, but it's not. It's, by the way, it's not super expensive to be served. People think, oh, it's two, three hundred bucks. It's not. It's like no. seventy-five bucks. It depends uh, on what. It's cheap. It's. Uh, I didn't cut you off, did I? No, no. Go ahead. Some more. I talked, but I had a quick thought here before I forget. Um, 
I haven't even, you know, for my clients and even myself, I'm not immune to it either. You know, especially since I wrote the book, the credit bureaus hate me and the debt collectors. Right. And I wound up suing American Express, a debt collection company and uh, uh, the three credit bureaus. And they made me sign a uh, confidentiality agreement where, you know, which I'm probably breaking it, but who cares, you know. And I got like four grand out of them. And for my part, and my attorney got his fees and stuff. And, you know, so, but what we've done successfully for clients is in that letter, you say, look, 30 days ago, I sent you this letter. I mean, you, you can keep sending them different letters. And then, you know, first you send it to them. And then when they don't comply, you send it to the credit bureau. Say, look, 30 days ago, I sent them this, you know, validation of debt. They haven't provided the documents. So I'm requesting that you take it off. Well, honestly, I think that could be a lot of waste of time because the credit bureaus, they don't care. You know, I think the right. best thing to do is they don't, if they don't do it in 30 days, take them to court. Right. Uh, I've got a company I use uh, out of California and they type up a lawsuit. And I think Robbie's an attorney now. He was going to law school at the time. And all I did was I got this company to type up the lawsuit for me, right, and file it in court for me and serve them. And that's how that attorney called me back and wanted to settle. They didn't want to go to court. And then there was uh, another uh, attorney that came all the way from Dallas, where I'm at, in San Antonio. And he probably had to get up like four or five in the morning. And we get up in front of the judge. And what happened was, oh, this is another thing. Um, they, They took it off, the credit report. They, right. they quit trying to collect it. They quit trying to, re- they didn't report anymore. They called it a bona fide error. Have you ever heard that term before? It's like, oh, we're sorry. We made a mistake. We won't do it again. Look, we yeah. took it off. We saw it was a mistake yeah. and we took it off. Yeah. It so done. just to jack with this guy, this attorney, we had it out over the phone, you know, I'm like, yeah, but you just got out of law school. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm a nice guy, but you know, business is business, you know? And so he shows up, he's got this big, uh, I don't know what it is, a book or something that he's going to quote laws or something like that. So I tell the judge, I say, your honor, I'm requesting that um, you dismiss the case without prejudice because uh, his client is involved in, you know, this is fraud, you know, and we're going to turn this information over evidence over to the uh, United States Justice Department. So I'm asking that you dismiss it without prejudice, which means I can come back later and sue him anytime I want to. Right. And his jaw just dropped down. Just a little young kid, man. And I just, I mean, I just, I knocked him down, man. So it's like, you're right. It's not that when you stand up and you fight them and in the letter, when they, when you tell them, Hey, you know, you were supposed to provide this documentation. You didn't. So if you don't remove it within seven to 10 days, you know, within seven days, I'll file a lawsuit against you for Rico, which you know what Rico is and uh, professional negligence. You start naming, you just get a laundry list of all this stuff and then at the end, you put ads advised by my attorney. And they're like, oh, man, this guy's got an attorney now. Right. You know, I mean, so, I, I think the, the problem with most people is that they they don't go like, listen, let's face it. Most people, if you're a guy that, you know, you you drive a forklift in a factory or in a factory or in a, in yeah. a warehouse somewhere like you're not that used to filing paperwork. No. So, and it makes you uncomfortable. One, you think when you hear, when you get the collection call, you think I, I I can resolve this on this call, but you can't 
That right. call, unless you're going to pay them, you're not going to get it resolved. No. If you want to try and get rid of your $15,000 debt or your $8,000 debt from being evicted five years ago or three years ago, it's going to take multiple phone calls and you may have to write up some kind of a lawsuit. You may have to pay a hundred dollars to have the company yeah. served at some time. But what you don't, what they don't understand is that this, if you're willing to go through those, those, um, you know, those jump, those hurdles, you can get rid of these debts. It, it, it's time consuming. It's not yeah. possible. It's simply time consuming. And that's what they're really banking on. You don't know your rights. You aren't willing to put in the time. And look, it's not hugely time. When I say time consuming, you have to write a letter. It doesn't have to be eloquent. Your lawsuit does not have to be eloquent. Right. You just, you write the emails, you write the letters, you make a few phone calls, you, you write up a lawsuit, you file the lawsuit. The law, law, there are very, there are easy templates for lawsuits on the internet, you know? And, and so if you do that, you, you can get rid of these debts. Oh yeah. Cause they, and the, the, what it boils down to is this, sorry, one more thing. What it boils no, no, down no. to for whoever's watching this, what it really boils down to is this. You have to look at it like this. That $7,500 debt was essentially, essentially was acquired for $1,500, bucks, $1,000 at best. At best. So anything, anything they get, a, they're trying to get something above that. Right. So here's the thing. The moment you go to threaten to file a lawsuit, the moment you go to do these types of things and they have to involve their in-house attorney, their in-house attorney is going to immediately say, "Listen, we got fifth, we got a thousand fifteen hundred bucks into this thing right now. This guy's made multiple phone calls, or our, our collection agent has made multiple calls. We've got multiple letters going back and forth, and now they're threatening to file a lawsuit. The fact is, if I have to go to go to court, it's going to be multiple court appearances, and in the end, yeah, we're not going to get the money. No, you know, we may get a judgment, but we're never getting the money." We can't yep. provide these documents. So let's just, so at this point, just take it off the credit. Like that's what's going to happen. You're going to, I'm going to cost you $2,500 to $5,000 because it's an in-house attorney. He's on salary. He's not charging extra. It's, it's he's on salary, but yeah. still it's four or $5,000 of his time to offset a thousand dollars. Like that's not worth it. No, no, it's not. If I can jump in here real quick. And another thing is that once you know, like the book shows you how to figure out what the violations are, you know, what rules they have to go by. You know, there's a company that I mentioned in the book, uh, I believe it's Hoverwatch, where you can go on your computer and you can actually record the whole conversation, right? And it's right. like 50 bucks a month to do that. But I mean, you know, number one, you got the book for free. So, you know, uh, you put your time into it. So you've already got an investment in it. So, you know, you spend 50 bucks a month. I mean, that's less than a couple bucks a day, you know, and you're able to. And then, and then you entice them. You say, well, what are you going to do if I don't pay this debt? Right. And then you just get them so mad. You push their buttons and collectors can be some of the most uh, short tempered people in the world. I mean, I've heard I've heard them scream and holler and just get mad because, you know, you got my money. You know, when are you going to pay my money? It's, it's their money. That's the way they look at it. And right. when you get these violations and you take them to court, um, it, there's a lot of attorneys out there and I'm working with a couple of them that they'll take the case just on a contingency basis. So just take the evidence that I taught you how to get in the book 
and take it to the FDCPA attorney and let him follow a lawsuit. And you can get, you know, the debt wiped out. And you make a little money in the process. Um, yeah, I was going to. What about does threatening to file complaints with the Consumer Credit Bureau, with the state, you know, does, does threatening to file complaints in one of your letters just prior to, you know, prior to filing a lawsuit on your uh, on your yeah. own behalf? Does does threatening to file complaints do anything? Like, hey, I'm yes. going to file with the state of Florida. I'm going to file with the whatever, blah, 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 blah. You list because you can look them up. I've looked them up before. State of Florida yeah. has one, a consumer credit protection um, agency. Then there's the Federal Consumer Credit Protection Bureau. There's about three of them that you can file complaints with if you feel you, you're, you're being um, harassed about a debt. Right. Um, well, yeah. Um, like in the letter, you also tell them, hey, if you don't, in addition to, you know, in addition to this, I'm going to turn this over to the United States Justice Department, you know, for fraud. You know, you just have to look at what the letter says in the book. It'll show you. And then you mentioned the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. That's like they've whooped so many bill collectors over the years and made them pay millions of dollars. They don't want to deal with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Right. And another thing you can do is you can file a complaint with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and say, look, I, you know, they, they say I owe this debt. I sent them a debt validation letter, whatever you want to say. And they have to respond within 60 days. The company does. And usually they respond within seven, a, a week or two weeks. Like one time I had a client of mine and uh, we uh, did, we went through the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and the collection agency comes back. Well, we can't find his account. So if he gives us his reference number, you know, and give his account number, maybe we can, uh, you know, we can locate the account. Oh, you want me to help you do your job better, right? Right. Not going to happen. So, yeah, you just got to get tough with him, man. So I, another thing I was going to tell you is, and we've kind of skated around this. Okay. This specific uh, topic. And it, it's, it's stating, like right now you're saying, I don't believe... The, the basic response is, I don't believe I owe that. Can you prove right. to me that I owe that? Right. What if you just blatantly say, that ain't mine. I don't know what that is. And turn and, and I'm only saying this because this is one of the guys that I know who does collections. He's like, yeah. his go-to move is, I he said, I look at their credit first. Yeah. He said, his clients, he's a, he's the, um, the credit repair guy. He was like, okay. I have them of course do a free credit repair or free credit um, annual credit um, report where they get a free, they get all three of their bureaus pulled. Right. He said, I review them. I look at them. He said, if it looks like everything went bad within a short period of time. So within three months, you stop paying all your bills. Yeah. Or maybe he said, maybe it's a major bill. It's like 12,000, 15,000, 7,000. These are big, big dollar amounts. He said, he said, what I will do is I'll craft a letter that says, for example, for example, let's say that the guy, you've got four things that went bad. Right. Within a month or two, they start, you started just stop paying three of your credit cards and it's been a year and a half. So he said, what he does is he'll craft the first letter or first email. I guess I should say, I'm saying letter, but let's say email. He said he crafts the first one by saying, Obviously, like that is not mine. This is the first I've heard of that. 
Right. I don't know what those are. I've never had accounts with those credit card companies, you know, and he'll maybe say, you know, I have one credit card, the one that you see it's, you know, with bank of America. I don't know what any of these other credit cards are. I pay my bills on time. I didn't realize that there are all these debts out there. So my, obviously my credit was stolen. Please provide me any proof that you can help me with so that I can file a claim. He said, then he turns around and he, and so they'll, he said, now he starts saying, well, no, I need this. I need the proof. So you either take it off or provide me the proof. Now he said, sometimes they come back and they'll send you some paperwork saying that you owe this debt, you owe this debt, you know, the basic bullshit on the printouts that they get. He said, you might get something, just a letter or two. He said, he'll take those letters. He goes, and he said, now this isn't what he does. Okay. He makes it look like he filed a, he files, um, no, no, that's not true. He said he actually has his clients go and file a, not a police report, but he said there's a national database where you can say your identity was stolen. Okay. And he, they file a report saying, look, four years ago or three years ago, my identity was stolen. And he lists the paperwork and everything. He said they file an entire thing. And I went, well, aren't you concerned that by the way, this is the reason he hasn't been on the program. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, ah, oh, it's no good, bro. Like you can't Yeah, I don't I don't even go in the gray areas. Yeah. So he 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 actually has them file that and he said, listen, he said, they don't do anything. It's just a it's just an agency that collects the data. They don't investigate anything, but they give you a report that says you filled out, you filed the uh, the report. He said, then you send it back to the collection agencies saying, look, on this date. I filed a report about all of these collections. And he said that almost works. He said 98 to 99% of the time, they immediately take it off because you have what is essentially a law enforcement report. But the law enforcement agency is a federal agency that doesn't investigate anything. But the fact that you went that far to file the report, even if you went to your local police and filed a report, they're just going to take a report. Yeah, that's all they do. They're not making any, they're not even going to make some, any phone calls. They're like, this is three or four years ago. Yeah. So he said, as soon as you file that report and show them the report, he said, it's over. He said, they, they immediately start yanking those things uh, off your credit. And if you don't, then you follow through with the, with the, with the actual lawsuit. And now you have a, I have a legitimate police report. I was I, identity theft. <laughs> You know, this, these guys, somebody ran up my stuff three or four years ago and these people are trying to collect on it. And I've got a report. He, they, he said immediately it's over. They drop it. They drop it. What? Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. What the, this guy with the things he was telling me he did, he will would do. And the guy that res, that sent him to me was like, this guy got a $45,000, like, you know, a repo off my credit. He got like credit cards off. I mean, he was naming like huge huge wow. debts that this guy got wiped out and i was like are you serious he's like i was like and so i ended up talking to that guy and he was telling me this and i was like bro like you were really like that is extreme and he said i haven't done anything he's like all of this is in my client's name yeah he the said, and honestly, he's been doing it for years and years he said they never nobody ever makes a phone call no that's I mean, obviously, I understand he's he's not he's he's clearly crossing the line. You're filing false police reports and everything. But what I'm saying is there are some of these agents out there that will go. 
um, they'll go way above and beyond. You know, like right now, what we're saying is, hey, I don't see that I owe that debt. Yeah. You're not you're not saying to say my identity was stolen. Mm -mm. I'm saying I don't see like, hey, I, I you know, you're never you're not really what you're saying is you don't you just don't admit that you owe it. Well, did you yeah. take out the debt? I don't I don't owe that debt. I don't see where you can prove that I owe that debt. I don't I, don't, I, I want to see proof. Exactly. What, do you ever say, do you owe the debt? Did you take out the debt? No. What do you suggest if they ask that? No, you just basically what you what you let them know is like, okay, uh, it's like I joke with my friends a lot. I was, you know, when they're asking me about it and my clients and stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, a couple of years ago, you borrowed two hundred thousand from me and you agreed to pay me three thousand dollars a month. You don't remember that? Well, where's the documentation? You know, right? About the same thing. Right. So, you're not admitting. You're not admitting or denying no. it. You're just saying, where's the documentation? Even even if you settle with them, you say, look, I'm not, you know, and it's in the book, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the only reason that I'm settling this debt is because I want to get it taken care of. But you haven't provided me with any documentation to show that I actually owe the debt. But to save time and everybody's headaches, let's go ahead and sell it. If you want to sell it for this amount. And, right. and that's when you use it leverage. You know, I mean, that's a slick thing with the police reports and all that, but that's just not my way of how I do it because the way that I do it, I'm not saying that I didn't owe the debt. I'm saying that you didn't prove that I owed the debt. And so I'm not committing any fraud at all. Right. You know? So, I mean, that's why the letters crafted to where they're like, well, he went through all this trouble to get an attorney, you know, and we're going to have to go to court over a thousand dollar deal or whatever, you know, we paid a thousand bucks for it. Let's just move on to the next one. You know? Right. Right. It's pretty slick, though. Filing, filing the thing, saying, "Hey, I just found out that I got four years ago. I got three credit cards that somebody took out because I don't recall ever any of these credit. These aren't my credit cards. They're four years ago." It's well, there's a lot of things out there that are effective, but but not not legal. Not legal, and they can come back and bite you later on, and right. you don't ever want to be involved in anything like that. And uh, the government, this is off the sub, subject a little bit, but the government, uh, they have like a hit list and they go after certain people because they have a lot of money and this prestige and all that. And they figure out ways to get them. And a friend of mine, that happened to him. You know, they tried to say he was fraud and all that. And he wasn't, you know, but it's just a, so what I'm saying is even without the government hit list, that's kind of a theory of mine, I guess, but it, it's real, you know, you, you know how the government is, but um, it's best to just always follow proper procedures. Don't break the law. So they can't ever come back and say, well, he broke the law. I'm surprised. Right. You and you're know? saying I mean, the proper procedures alone will help you get out of this. Yeah. Cause you just, you know, they're, they're playing games with you. You play games with them say, look, okay, you want, you want, you want to fight, let's fight, you know? And I'll be honest with you. A lot of times, I've gotten clients where they sent the letters out within a couple of weeks, they took it off and I'm kind of disappointed because I want, I was looking for a fight. I like the fight. I love it. Right. You know, it's just, it's like, cause we've already the book and, and we talked about it earlier. We pulled back the curtain, so to speak, like in the wizard of Oz. Right. And you see who the wizard really is. They're, they're just paid telemarketers, you know, 
Right. And they're just they're just making phone calls, just like if they were selling home improvement products or whatever. That's all they're doing. They're selling you on paying this bill. And sometimes you may not even owe that bill. So that's why those letters work so effectively, because sometimes they might have the wrong name. They might have the wrong person, you know, whatever. So it's like you just want to throw that letter out there to them. And, and it's like a discovery letter. You know, when you go to court, you got to have this, this and this, you know, I mean, so like I said, but I don't do anything and I don't recommend my clients do anything that's, you know, even in the gray area. Right. 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 And like, um, yeah, I get it. So do yeah. you, do you, what do you do now? Like, do you, um, do you run a collection, a, not a collection agency, but do you do credit repair now? What are you doing now? I don't do, I don't say I do credit repair because credit repair, a lot of folks think all I got to do is get this bad stuff off my credit and I'm going to have perfect credit. That's not the case. A lot of times it can lower your score. So what I am is I'm a business consultant, right? Um, you have a business, you want to, you want to take that business to the next level Well, you're going to need a loan, right? And you may not qualify for that loan. So I'm going to help you get to the point to where you can qualify for that loan. In the meantime, I'll, I'll get you a merchant cash advance just based on your revenues, you know, right. and I'll sub a little bit, but I don't want you to just be stuck on that. I want you to be able to have enough, a, a good enough credit score to where you can have the best interest rates possible, what we call a cheaper form of capital. So answer your question, no, I'm a business consultant. And if they want to expand their business and market their business, I can show them how to do that. But it's mainly finance that I'm mostly involved with. How long were you in uh, the collections? Five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, worked two years for a company called Avante USA, another one, LTD uh, Financial. That's the one that uh, they had a scam where they would have their collectors call them and say, hey, uh, you know, your social security number was uh, in some paperwork on my desk. And they were getting a lot of calls and they were fined like one point five million for doing that. And then there was another company called Maximum Recovery. They were a mom and pop type operation. So in the collection industry, you're going to see different types of uh, collection uh, agency levels. You're going to see the mom and pop that they might have three or four guys in there or five or 10 people or whatever. And then you've got like NCO financials, probably got 300 people or more. You know, it's just different levels. Right. So I had a buddy that I met in prison who hired these guys. They were all in Peru. Mm -hmm. but their clients were, they would sell products um, on Spanish TV to, yeah. um, to people. They would target, um, they would target people that basically immigrants that were here illegally and okay. they would sell them stuff, you know, at two in the morning, there's an infomercial and they're selling like, you know, the ab roller <laughs> for, for $200 or $300 when he's like, when we buy it from China for, you know, 11 bucks. Oh, they wow. would send it to him and it was a, it was cash COD. And he said, you know, they would get there and they wouldn't accept it. You know, they, cause they, they was drunk at two in the morning and they bought the ab roller and now they, and they, they mailed it to them. And 10 days later, they didn't accept it. He goes, well, now they owe us the $200 plus feet shipping plus this. So it ends up being like $400. So then they would give it to their collection agent and they had a recording and everything of them yeah. saying, except they wanted it, they would pay the, so these guys that he got in trouble because these guys knew they're illegals and they would threaten to have them. They were going to file a lawsuit and they were going to have them 
uh, file a lawsuit, get a uh, get a warrant placed against them, and have them uh, tracked down and uh, deported. Oh wow! Now none of this is possible. But if you're an illegal who's been here for two years, you have no idea what's possible. Mm-hmm. And these people, so it was it basically he got charged with extortion. Oh, and it, he thought we're in Peru. So we're not really in 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 the in the U.S.'s jurisdiction. About two three years after he was indicted, he flies in to go to Vegas one day. Waited for him at the airport. Put the handcuffs on him at the airport when he got here. Completely thinking, I'm fine. Like I, I'm fine. I was in Peru. I've never heard anything. He never heard anything negative about it. Never heard. Any, he was collecting money. It was good, and it wasn't insane money, right? Wow. But he is collect. They are collecting twenty thousand some odd dollars a month doing this, wow. you know. And so in Peru, that might as well be a hundred thousand. It's a lot of money, right? So in, in a few, so after a few years, he had been indicted. He'd been doing this for a while, and he got indicted, and he still was still kind of doing it from Peru. And then one day, he shows up at the airport to come to Vegas, and they arrest him. So I mean, and it was extortion. Like, think about the charge. It wasn't like a, a boiler room or anything. They're they're extorting people by getting them to agree to pay then for something that by the time they sober up or th- 10 days later, they're like, I don't want to pay $200 for an ab roller. What was I thinking? The guy shows up. I don't have the money. Then they start calling. Then they start threatening them. He's like, look, he said, if 25% of those people pay, he was like, think about how much money I'm collecting. That $200 jumped to 400 when they didn't pay for it. He's like, so I'm, I'm getting 150 bucks for something I paid. He goes, I have $11 into. Oh, wow. And it, he was, they were, they were banking. Anyway, I thought you'd find that comical. It so, is comical. It is I mean, comical. It, and he, he went to jail for like three years. Yeah. I mean, he never made a call. Yeah, it, it's just like back in the in the you know before the mortgage meltdown and all that. I mean, there were people that were doing some things that they shouldn't have been doing, and I mean, yeah, you made a lot of money, but when they went to prison, was it really worth it? And I don't mean that a jab to anybody. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, so uh, I like to do things at the highest legalist level I can. If I'm not right. sure about something, I'm going to get with an attorney. I'm going to say, hey, what about this? And they're going right. to tell me. And so when I wrote the book, I made sure, hey, what about this? Can we do right. this? You know, and so that's why. So um, and even though I, I had a collection background and the legal background and all that, I wanted, you know, an actual attorney's input. And so that's why that book is so powerful. And the letter is so powerful because it looks like it came from an attorney. Right. You know, and it's it's, uh, uh, you know, it's like, OK, even though it doesn't have the the letterhead of a law firm or anything you know here's a debtor that owes seventy five hundred dollars and can't even make their payments now all of a sudden they're sending these crafted letters you know that you know you can look at it the legal tone of the letter and you're like and as advised by my attorney that's why at the end you put as advised by my attorney and they're like man right. he's, you know obviously his attorney's advising him because you know that that's where he's coming up with all this stuff or right. or her you know so yeah it's just it's a game it's all this it. it's a racket <laughs> And a very profitable one. All right. Well, I, I'll um, I'll put the link in the description box for the book. Okay. Um, anything uh, else you want in there? 
right now um, we're working on the website and we don't have everything up and running. So what we're doing right now and to monitor how many, you know, responses we're getting or whatever, um, I think it's best if they just want to email me, you know, and request a copy of the book and we'll send okay. it right out to them if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. And, uh, you know, I figure if somebody takes enough time to put their email address in and to ask me, just, you know, put in the head, subject heading. I hope that's not a whole lot for people or folks to remember. But, you know, Confessions of an Ex-Bill Collector. Hey, Bill, uh, send me a free copy of the of the book you mentioned on, on Matthew's show or, you know, whatever. Something to that effect. That makes sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'll I'll send you my email address. Uh, well, you've got my email address. I'm I'm not thinking today, but uh, but yeah, and then you know in the in the book, like I said, it it goes into not only just to uh, recap how to get your credit built up to the point like we talked about before, when you get rid of that bad credit, you need to add some new credit in there. So right. anyway, but I enjoyed talking to you, and if ever I can be of assistance to you, you you know you you've got a question or something that I can answer that we didn't answer here, let me know. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate it. Hey, uh, I really appreciate you guys watching. If you like the video, do me a favor and share the video. Also do me a favor and subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this. Leave me a thumbs up and please consider joining my Patreon. All of the links are in the description box, including Bill's email address. Send him an email and tell him you want to copy of the book. I really do appreciate it. See ya. Hey, this is Matt Cox. I'm doing a credit course. Um, I'm doing the course because I, I, you know, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge on the subject of repairing and, and building, building credit profiles and, you know, fixing people's credit. I've helped a, a ton of people do, uh, do that. I've helped them build their credit. And I owned a, you know, I owned a financial, uh, a financial company. Uh, I've, I've seen I've seen how things work on the inside. I've spoken with underwriters. I've known the owners of lending institutions, and obviously, I've built you know well over probably somewhere between fifty and a hundred credit profiles. Uh, I have a vast amount of experience, and I think I can I can help I can help people with their credit. It's a it's a problem a lot of people don't even understand. So go to the description box, click the link. Put your email address in, and I'm going to send you uh, two free letters that are they're, they're templates that help request information on your collections and dispute those collections on your credit report. These are letters that I've used over and over again. Uh, they work 95% of the time. Now, you know, nothing's 100%. Sometimes, you're just going to get that collection company that's just going to come after you no matter what. But we will get in, in the course. We get into what to do if that's the case. So with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and... Oh, the other thing that... By the way, the other thing that putting in your email address, it will notify you of the course. So with that in mind, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about leveraging your credit, which is one of the things I'm going to talk about in the course. So... If you get the course, you'll hear this. You'll, you'll hear much, much more on how to leverage your credit. And so this is really why you, one of the reasons you want good credit. Um, and I'll give you an, an example of that, that I've done before that uh, basically 
hopefully it makes it clear. So at one point I was, you know, I would survey guys and I would, I would basically, I would steal their identity. Clearly illegal. I'm not suggesting you do that. But this will let you know just how easy this was. And I've done this over and over again. So this was a homeless guy that one time I surveyed him. I got his credit information. I then went and ordered all of his information. I ordered his birth certificate, social security card. I ordered his high school transcripts. He has no idea that he gave me enough information. He thought he was filling out a form um, to determine where the Salvation Army was going to place its next homeless facility. So he filled out the form. I gave him $20. I ordered all of his documents. I got all the documents in. I registered to vote in his name. I mean, so I have a ton of, very quickly, I have a ton of legitimate documents that were issued to him. I then turned around and ma manufactured a, um, a birth certificate for a 10-month-old child. I manufactured a shot record. I went into Social Security, told them that my son had been born and never issued a social security number. Now, I said my son's name was the same name as the, as the homeless guy that I had surveyed. And that, his name was actually Joseph Carter. So they issued me a social security number to Joseph Carter. So now I have a ton of information in the name of Joseph Carter and a new social security number. So I used that social security number and his real, his documents to obtain a driver's license. I then went ahead and I pulled his credit. He has no credit in the social security number that I have, and I'm sure his credit, um, his real social security number uh, probably had bad credit. Regardless, I created a new credit profile as Joseph Carter. I then turned around and I got three secured credit cards in the name of Joseph Carter. Now, this is someone who has no credit. Once I got those social, once I got those secured credit cards in, I put a little bit of money, and these are m very small. These are three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars credit cards, but they show up on his credit profile now. I make the payments on those credit cards for the next six months. So, six months later, so now I've got, I've got, a credit profile with three trade lines credit cards on the profile. Six months later, I pulled this credit and it's got, it, it had like a 730, 750 credit score, something along those lines. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was high. And it was, it was so high. And because I had answered all the questions correctly to acquire the secured credit cards, I had built the profile so solidly that six months later when he had the 730 or 750 credit scores, I walked into a Ford, a Ford dealership. I'll never forget, I walked in with the, a, a girl I was dating. I, we were driving to the movies and I said, hey, listen, let's pull in, I, I need to get a car, like a, a new car actually, because I had a vehicle. And I said, I need to pull in, I need to get a new car. So I pulled in, there was a couple of salespeople one guy stood up and I said, hey, man, you want to sell a car real quick? And he goes, yeah. And I said, listen, I want to buy a truck. So we walked down the lot. I found a, gosh, I want to say it was an, it was an F-150 4x4. I want to say it was called a, a Laredo or I'm not sure what the style was, but it was a crew cab, nice. It was around fifty fifty five thousand dollars 
We drove the vehicle right down the street. He wanted to take me on a whole driving around the city type thing. I said, no, 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 bro. I just, I'm good. We drove down the street, turned around, came back, didn't even go. It wasn't even a, a, a half a mile. Pulled back in. I said, let me fill out the paperwork. I filled out the paperwork, gave him my, you know, gave him the, the name, date of birth, social security number, told him that I'd been on the job five years, you know, whatever the case may be, that I, I, I had set up, had a pay stub with me, gave him the pay stub and told him we were going to the movies. If he could get me financed within the next two hours, I said, I'll come back and pick up the car or the truck. And he said, all right. I went to the movies and just as the movie was ending, my cell phone rang and he said, come pick up your truck. I drove straight back there with the girl I was dating, walked in, filled out the paperwork, didn't put one dime down and financed that vehicle. Now, here's the funny thing about financing that vehicle. The payment was like $1,200 a month. I made one payment and refinanced with State Farm Insurance Insurance's bank. The State Farm is an insurance company. I actually got my insurance through State Farm. But they also, because I had insurance through them on the vehicle, a month later, they offered to refinance the truck. My original interest rate was like 24% interest. It was outrageous. They insure, they brought it down to like 8% interest. So my payment went from $1,200 down to around $700 or $800 on that vehicle. I didn't put a dime down. Not a dime. It, that whole transaction took less than two hours. And all I did was I leveraged a 750 credit score to get myself into a new truck. And listen, over the next six months to a year, I got multiple credit cards in Joseph Carter's name with $20,000, $30,000 credit limits. Um, I, I got personal loans in his name. And, you know, on a side note that, I won't be getting into, you know, I borrowed a couple million dollars in his name on mortgages, which we're not going to be discussing, but I was able to leverage in six months. I was able to leverage that credit that I had put together to borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars with nothing down other than putting up the, the minor deposits to get the secured credit cards and knowing how to answer the questions that were being asked by the lenders and that's really all it is it's a very simple formula and i'm going to go over all of that in the credit course so click the link put in your your email address